Welcome to Merrickville. Great to have your company, Sydney. In the show today, we'll be joined by none other than Shane Jacobson. Kenny. That's right. Kenny's going to be co-hosting the show from 5 o'clock with me this afternoon. It's got a brand new book out about cars called Revhead. I don't know if there's anything in this book for me. I mean, I'll read it. But I don't know if there's anything from... I've already read half so of it. It's awesome. what I'm hearing is we're basically going to be talking about cars for an hour after 5 o'clock. From 5 to 6, it's bogan hour, so please join <laughs> us then. Uh, we'll also be speaking to one of the hosts of Australian Ninja Warrior. Ben Fordham will be joining me live from his 2GB studios, where right now he's not doing anything nearly as funny as this show. And he's definitely not using the word shit. He's just not allowed to. I can do whatever... Oh, no, I nearly went too far. I can't do whatever I like. <laughs> Shane Jacobson will be joining me just after five o'clock to talk about his new book. And we're actually just going to talk exclusively about motoring and being bogans. And uh, very shortly, I'll be joined by my good friend uh, from 2GB, Ben Fordham, who does the drive show there. He's also the host of Australian Ninja Warrior. He's going to take some time out from the 2GB studios where he does his regular segment Hmm. called Guess That Prostate uh, (laughs) to join me on this show to talk about something cool. We welcome all our our radio competitors on this show, don't we, Miz? Yeah, we do. Hamish and Andy coming on tomorrow. Whatever. Look, does this this face care? (laughs) Is this a care face? Not a care face? I'm an idiot. Everyone knows that. Uh, but I want to talk about, first of all, Flanners, I'm going to ask you a question without warning. Okay, I'm ready. What was your favourite toy as a kid? That toy where you just went, Ooh. bang, I own. I own. Favourite toy as a kid? Mm. Um, I reckon, oh, does your bike count? Yes, it does. All right, absolutely bike. What type of bike Hands was down. Oh, uh, when I was my when I was a kid, like I'm talking, you know, ten, twelve. Mm-hmm. I had my BMX bike that I rode around the back, mm-hmm. you know, the tennis court, the backyard. Streams on the handles. Mm. Yeah, basket in the front mm-hmm. uh, with ding the flowers. Ding. Yeah, and then I had those uh, spooky dokies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All the teasing has been done. And I saved up my pocket money to buy some um, spokes that you could put on the back, like yep. the that you could stand. No, the pegs. That's what you called yeah, them. Pegs. Like, pegs, pegs to go on the yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they didn't fit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, not yeah. made for a girl's bike. Uh, <laughs> simple answer to that. My favourite uh, toy when I was growing up, without doubt, was my BMX. I had a, a, yeah. a mongoose. And it was the, my, my favourite thing. Right now, my son, and I encouraged him, my son has been saving up his pocket money for a very long time because he wanted uh, an RC. He wanted a remote What's control. Oh, okay. Remote control car. Right. Right. And he wanted to get a crappy one from the toy shop. And I went, uh-uh. Son. <laughs> You're eight years old. Your father's a massive bogan. We're going to go to Crazy Hobbies on Parramatta Road, and your father's going to make you buy something way overpowered. Way <laughs> and overpowered. And you're going to come out of there a year later because I get lost in these places. One hour, 15 minutes. Oh, dropped off, Dropped off mum and Kinger at the, at the supermarket and said, we'll be back in half an hour. <laughs> One hour, 15 minutes later, Wolfie's got a monster truck bigger than him. Hold on. So he went in wanting to buy a little, you know, little one, you know, that he'd saved up for, uh-huh. and you know that he could call his own and yep. just zip around the house with. Yep. And what's he walked out with? A two hundred and fifty dollar monster okay. truck. Okay. So uh, unless All of Wolfie his birthday is money gone, unless oh, he saved up that much money, that's his money, mate. Every Does Wolfie of that's need his money. an assistant? Yeah, having said that, his nana dropped him a hundred dollars. Oh, that's right. Birthday. You talked about that. Yeah, you, so. you, your mum just one upping you at yeah, Wolf's birthday. Exactly. I gave him a pineapple. <laughs> nan comes in with a hundred dollar note to make me thanks, look like Mrs. Shit Watts. Dad. Yeah, thanks, mum. <laughs> so anyway, so but he did save up. He does chores and stuff okay. like that. I encourage him to. You so know, now he's got this that. epic monster truck. Mate, this thing's wicked. It does oh. thirty-five kilometers an hour, mate. Seriously, massive, like full monster truck, hmm. and it's got you know massive wheels and stuff like that. 
take it down to the park on Sunday because we went and bought it on Sunday because Dad had a massive hangover and <laughs> thought, hey, you know what you need to do? Spend $250 of your pocket money on a toy for your dad. Mm. So we took it down to the park. <laughs> Whole family goes down. Down the park, I've charged up the batteries, ready to go. Wolf could not be more excited. Mm. This thing flies. Made it hammers. We're out on grass. Did you let Wolfie have a go at yeah, any yeah. point? Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm not a total. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I had to go first only to, in, to instruct Liam. Then, mate, this thing hammers. Yeah. 35 Ks, right? That's quick. Brushed motor. It, it goes That's fast. super quick, actually. Yeah, man. That's faster than dogs. Yeah. Right? Unless a greyhound is having a crack at it. I reckon that's about how fast Usain Bolt runs. Probably. Yeah. Mate, I'm serious. There's no one on you can track it down. I made the kids chase it. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so funny. It was like teasing an ibis. Anyway, so the, this thing is just epic. Huge wheels, big reed. But we're there as a family. So George and I are sitting on the grass on a little hill there. Wolf is charging this thing around. And my daughter, Kinga, who is very much a girl's girl, mm. right? She likes her things. She likes her makeup and stuff, and I love her for it, mm. right? And I'm good with I'm good with my, my daughter as well as my son. I really am. I, I spend a lot of time um, trying to be engaged with my daughter on on the things that she's interested. in. Having said that, <laughs> I don't like playing Barbie. Right. right? Kinga loves Barbie mm. a, a lot. Right. <laughs> so she's taken down her set down to the park. She's taken down Barbie. Yep. Ken's got to mention. Ken's in, oh, he's off the bench. He's down there. They're getting married. <laughs> the park. Oh. It was a full civil ceremony. <laughs> I mean, they're not gay, so they're allowed to get married. I'm mean, sure they're made of plastic, but they're not gay, so of course they're mm. allowed to get married. Um, so <laughs> they might is, be. King has had, well, they might be. I don't mm. know. We it's didn't a spectrum. Yeah, exactly. They're plastic. We couldn't ask them. So Kinga has set up on the grass this little scene. Ken's there in a pair of casual shorts <laughs> and a, sh- <laughs> a t-shirt. Barbie's there. There's some friends. One of them's a pony. The other one's a unicorn. It makes no sense, but she's happy, mate. <laughs> Sun's out. It's a beautiful day in Sydney. Everyone's got his up. car. Wolf's King got his has got car. a wedding. You've got your hangover. The Even... Watts family is as they should be. Then I said to Wolf, why don't you drive through, Ken? <laughs> You've got your son to drive by the wedding. Mate, this thing destroyed them. It oh, was no. it was like Fast and the Furious, but there was no winners. It just... <laughs> This thing just, I'm not kidding. It hit Ken and flicked him out the back tires because <laughs> it's four-wheel drive, mate. He got churned in the first set of tires, got caught underneath it, and it's just spat Ken out the back. He's Mad Max. His shoes come off. It's like, it's like a TAC ad. The, casual, the casual shorts are ruined. Ken, the stop sign. Ken <laughs> is knackered. And all the other spray, there's a unicorn's lost half its face. And there's the thing is, George and I couldn't help but laugh because it was the funniest thing. King's face has just, oh, God, it's like, it was, it was seriously, it was, to her it was like a Tarantino film. She's just witnessed a murder. And here's the thing we said, <laughs> hang on a second, Wolf, just a second, mate. We know that you hit the, the wedding party, mm. Barbie's wedding party at approximately 35 kilometers an hour. But the problem is, is that your parents missed it for a social media opportunity. So go and do it again. Oh, no. Go and do it again. You made him do it again. 100%. So, so King has reset up the wedding. Set up the wedding again. On the marriage grass, number two for Barbie. Starts commentating from behind me going, and they're going to get married. And they're going to have another good day. Wolf comes by. <laughs> bang! Ken, out the back wheels again. <laughs> shoot his pants off.
I put it online. You gotta see it. It's oh, online. We'll get it up on we'll get it up on the Merrickville FM Instagram page. The video. Oh, he you just have to. It. He destroys it. He missed it, so he backed it up, lined it up, and then oh ran my. over him again. This happened three times. Now here's the thing. Turns out Kinga didn't find it as amusing as Wolf and I. Oh, I wonder why. Uh, she had a massive meltdown. She choreographed the whole wedding and you destroyed it. Packed up all the toys, had to go home. Day yeah. over. The whole day was planned to be out there as a family on the grass, just being a bunch of bogans. I mean, a beautiful family <laughs> hanging out on the grass. Wolf churns up Ken with the back wheels and all of a sudden, oh, everybody goes home. Everybody had to go home and there was bribes when we got home and, oh, oh, maybe we can make a cake. I don't want a cake. Maybe we can make some jelly. I don't want jelly. <laughs> Wolf kill Ken. And just... <laughs> Wolf ruined Barbie and Ken's big day. Mate, Ken's not the same. <laughs> I'm oh, I know. He's, he's missing a, a bit downstairs. Mate, he's, he's, don't worry about downstairs. He's got a quiet brain damage, that bloke. He is not right. <laughs> I tried to talk to Ken. Nothing. He's definitely, <laughs> he's been damaged by that car. Oh. But this is what I want to do, because I reckon that one of the, and I'm not, I feel bad. I feel bad for Kinga, but it was very funny. You don't, Which, because you asked Wolf to do it again. I feel bad now. Yeah. And right, not at okay. that time. Yeah. But there's something about when a, a child, a sibling Destroys or breaks another kid's toy. Oh, yes. The fights, the meltdowns, mm. and the importance placed on certain toys that when they're broken, it's like the world just collapses. Like yeah. the king, it was just, it was literally like she was watching a massacre, which mm. she was. <laughs> and it was like the end of days. I want to know one triple three five three, what happened? When you destroyed a sibling's toys or a sibling, your brother or your sister destroyed oh, yours. I cannot wait to get the calls here. You've had a little bit of a tantrum and you've just gone, you know what? If you're Lego Millennium Falcon, that's going in the fire. <laughs> One triple three five three, give us a call. What happened when you destroyed your sibling's toys? What happened when you destroyed one of your siblings' toys? My son uh, has got himself a brand new RC. It's overpowered. He's only eight. It does 35 kilometers an hour. Tor Ken from the Barbie uh, world. Tor Ken's poor head almost clean off. You encouraged, you encouraged your son to drive his new remote control him. monster truck I, through your daughter's no, pretend wedding. No, I didn't encourage him. I gave him clear instructions to drive it through the wedding party. <laughs> and it was hilarious. And apparently you're not the only sort of person who does that stuff, Mez, because no. the calls have gone crazy. Tim in Sutherland. Hello, mate. Hey, how you going, mate? Very good indeed. What did you do to one of your siblings' toys? Uh, look, back in the day, I lived down in the country, and uh, if you're aware of a, a little thing called debt cord... Detonation uh, cord. Uh, yeah, it's, it's good stuff for uh, removing, I don't know, trees, cars, houses, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, my little sister had got a beautiful little uh, Care Bear, a little pink one, a little rainbow, a little smiley face on it, bright beady eyes, and I thought with a little bit of debt cord that was left in the old man's shed... Wrap it around the Care Bear and see what happens. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it, uh, well, it was spectacular. I uh, bet it was. But the, uh, the face on my little sister of sheer, what the, have you just done, uh, <laughs> was probably even more priceless. Tim, how, how <laughs> old were you when you wrapped some deck cord around a Care Bear? Oh, look, when you're in the country, you've got to make your own phone. I think I was about five or six. I, what? Okay. At five or six, if you got access to debt cord. I'm still alive. I made it through. What do you do now, Tim, out of curiosity? 
I can't say. Mm. <laughs> but I will say this. He had to dial using his nose because he has no hands. So. <laughs> Tim, thank you very much for your call, mate. He obviously is a cop. Uh, I've got Tammy in South Wentworthville. Hello. How you going? Really good. What did you do to one of your siblings' toys? Well, it wasn't me. We went to a summer party at one of my best friends from primary school. I think we were in fifth grade and everyone had Cabbage Patch Kids and you had to bring them with you to the party. Mm -hmm. So we all put them to bed, you know, in their sleeping bags with us. In the morning, we couldn't find them, went out in the backyard and the dad of the girl that we went to the party of had hung them all off the clothesline, put it up as high as he could and locked it. And we were screaming, couldn't believe it. Like he hung our Cabbage Patch up by their hair and everything else and... What? You don't do that to girls. Hold on, no, dizzy. What is it? What is he a member of the Ku Klux Klan? I was going to say. What? Hold on. What do you mean? He did he wash them and he like because they were dirty or? No, no. He just hung them up like they were. Like Jesus. he wrote them. He, he wrote them up like he was a Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah, it was awful. I, oh. I still have nightmares over. It. I love my cabbage patch kids. It's, the, it's, it's, you know, having therapy. Tammy, the dad <laughs> did this. Yes, I know. Funniest family you've ever met. Really? Oh, Funny's the word I'd use. <laughs> anyway, that was a massive weekend at the Malats. And <laughs> far out. Sean of Gambleton. Hello, Sean. Not bad, guys. How we doing? Yeah, good, good, mate. How did you destroy one of your siblings' toys? Uh, paint the scene for you. Our thing as kids was matchbox cars, me and my brother. Yeah. So we used to have our little racetrack in the garden and stuff like that. We're playing away. And my brother had better ones than I did. I decided I was going to lift one of them. Hey, this is mine now. He didn't like that. Went inside, told Dad. Dad told him, hey, sword that between yourselves. I think Dad had a hangover. <laughs> so he sword that between Hold on, yourselves. is this Wolf? <laughs> <laughs> so my brother's come out. Dad said, you're a bad bit of a tour and fro. So I threw it. And from memory, I think I threw it up against the wall oh. and um, went back to playing with my cars. So a uh, bit of retribution came the way of the little psycho. He smacked that side of the head with a half a house brick. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, still got the four-inch scar at the side of my head to prove it. Jesus. That's a heavy penalty for a Matchbox car, isn't it? Do you remember exactly which car it was, though? No, not really. Not, not very good memories of that day anymore. Wow. But, um, and I bet you've never yeah, stolen a car yeah. as an adult, have you, Sean? Yeah. No, he's twice as big as me now as well, so I wouldn't take anything of this. Yeah. Yeah, having said that, Sean's not entirely sure he's got a brother. He's got <laughs> acquired brain damage after being hit in the head with a brick. Hello, Steve in Kingsford. Hey, Mary, how are you, mate? Really good, mate. All right, we're talking about when you've destroyed yeah. a sibling's toy, the repercussions yeah. are pretty severe. Yeah, I had a twin brother. We live on the Gold Coast, and uh, our father bought us these brand-new BMX bikes. So we decided to go uh, ride down to the local cricket pitch with some friends and have a game of cricket. He's put a ball down the pitch, and it's just missed my head. So I've chased them all down this pitch, and they took off. I left their bikes there, so I grabbed this big besser block, which separates the, the nets underneath of the oh, ball going through. No! I picked it up. I've picked it up. I've gone to his bike and I've just thrown it through the wheel. And they all started laughing. They said, mate, that's not his bike, yours. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I had to carry it home for three k. He's all happy. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. G'day, Mark Howard here. A year ago, I started the Howie Games podcast, which has given me a fantastic opportunity to chat with some of the biggest names in world sport. At times, the episodes can be pretty raw, like Lane Beachley talking about coming to terms with being an adopted child. And, you know, it's our thoughts that create how we feel about something. You know, our thoughts lead to emotions and actions, and then those actions determine the results that you produce in your life. And, and I love to refer to 
the difference between having a victim mentality versus a victor mentality. And, mm. and the victim mentality is a mentality of, I can't believe this is happening to me. I can't believe I was rejected at birth. I can't believe my own mother didn't want me. I can't believe that I feel, why, why have I been so abandoned, so rejected? I can't believe, this is, this is just, this is not right. Right. And I, I, I can't, I don't know what to do about this. And that's the victim mentality. That's the victim. That's the victim. The victor goes, all right, I'm not going to go through this for nothing. I'm going to turn this into something positive. You can listen to the Howie Games at podcastone.com.au or via the Podcast One app. Now back to Triple M's American Australia podcast. A little local story, Sydney. Tony Fitzgerald's a busy man. He's just opened a milk bar in Mortdale called Milk Bar 2223, named after the postcode, of course, for Mortdale. It's a retro cafe designed to take customers on a bit of a nostalgia trip back to the 70s with pinball machines and even has a one-cent lolly counter. Yeah. And you can find it on the corner of Balmoral and Bowman Streets. And Tony joins me on the line now. Uh, Tony, first of all, mate, here's a tip. You're going to be broke by Friday, mate. <laughs> oh. uh, one-cent one cent lollies. You have lost your mind, mate. They cost more than that now. Yeah, but Merrick, yeah, the thing is, when you and I were kids, you got to remember, when you left school with 10 cents or 5 cents in your pocket, the first thing you did, you ran, ran off to a milk bar, yep. and then you bought, and you bought some lollies, and that was like a huge treat. And the funny thing is with this current generation, like to them, they don't understand it, but when they come in here and we, and we reenact exactly what it is, they're actually fascinated. They're actually, they put their phones away, and they look at you and they go, what do I have to do? You pass the bank, and we go, here, you know, point through the window, and they go, Oh, one banana, one mustic. Yep. And, and they're fascinated. Yeah, they're actually fascinated that they, they have to do it. Tone, I love it because as a fat kid with potential diabetes, I loved <laughs> a milk bar more than most kids. And, you know, mustics and, you know, all those oh. kind of, all the great lollies that you used to, used to eat as a kid and pythons and all just top stuff like that. Why did you set up an old school retro? And it is really nicely finished too, mate. I've seen the images online and you have done yeah. an absolute Mickey Mouse job of it. Why did you set up a milk bar and how do you make any money on it? Well, the thing is, like, it's, it's, going to be a, it's a cafe as well for, for, this, you know, for mm-hmm. obviously the current day times. But the thing is, the milkshakes are done with the original malt, streets blue ribbon ice cream in the stainless cups inside the freezer. Yep. And the kids can still sit down and have normal meals. But I want them to appreciate when you walk in, you all knew. Look, you even had a milk bar owner, and you might have called him Uncle Joe, and he wasn't even your uncle, but he knew your no. parents. No. He knew He knew you into, look, hey, look, it's all out of mum down the way home. And everyone felt like a community. And thing is, I wanted to feel like that again, because you'd be surprised. Last two days, Mary, I've had a lot of kids walk in here, walk out the back and see all the stuff which you and I, everything on the wall we've all used. Yeah. But they look at their facade, because, and, you, and you look at them, and they sort of stare in the space, and you go, oh, have you seen this before? And they go, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you realise... Someone's told them, like their father or their grandparents have told them, they go, oh, that's this thing. Yeah. And you go, bingo, you've got them. It's an emotional thing. Mate, and it's great. It's so it's so authentic, Tony, that, of course, uh, like the milk bar that I had around the corner from my house as a kid, yeah. uh, you offer credit so people can just go in there and just run everything up on tick. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And also, too. <laughs> you can hear so, it in Tony's voice so there. So do you into oh, that one, didn't I, Tony? Oh, you were good. I agree with that. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, the main, look, the main thing is I, I challenge it. Like, even yourself, guys, look, to come in. Look, I'm telling you, I've had people, like, I had, remember the famous Paul's hamburgers? Like, yep. he came from Savannah. He came in and just had a look at it. He got behind the bar, and all I did was this. And, I, and anyone who's listening, he remembers this when you're a kid. I picked up the freezer lid and slammed it. He looked at me, and he had, he had tears in his eye. He goes, 47 years ago, I did that for the first time and didn't think I was going to make a business out of it. And this is a guy who did it for 46 years. And I thought, if it, if it gave him a bit of an eye lifter, 
Yeah. What's it going to do all us? Yeah, the memories, the songs, the, yeah. yeah, the TV ads, everything was so different that day, and you had to have people skills. Mate, this, remember, yeah, there's you know, a, all these, just quickly, Merrick, yeah. all these people listening, these young kids, we had to sit there and play a pinball machine. You did this, Merrick. Yeah. And what we did was we had to communicate with the girls by looking at them and talking to them. We didn't have, we didn't have mobile true. phones. We couldn't text. That's true. Absolutely. We used to just stand there in really tight jeans and we're cutting our balls in half yeah. and just say, God, how, how is this not impressive, ladies? Did how are you not finding just... me attractive in a pair Sorry, of did... jeans called Faberge? Did Tony just right. declare his milk bar a pickup joint? He did. It's a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This, this, is, this is what we're going to be calling. This is going to be the new Google networking. No, oh, 100%. 100%. 100%. Mate, there's, no, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little milk bar. I don't know if you're familiar with it. You might have seen it, but it's on uh, Parramatta Road. Yeah, uh, Olympia. Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really yeah. famous because it's never, ever changed its look. But the, no. to the point where, it, you know, sometimes when I see it, it looks a little sad and a little bit old now because everything is faded. It does need a little yeah. bit of a touch-up. What you've done is kind of, you know, got that inspiration right, but it looks like, you know, going back into yeah. time. It looks like, you know, it is a, a, a snapshot of a different yep. time. And, mate, that whole area around there, if I'm not mistaken, you know, you're in Mortdale there, but, like, That's particularly right. Oatley and Mortdale, it's yes. really starting to have a little bit of a kick on with a bit of food and, yep. and, uh, and the, the kind of um, opening up of eateries and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, hey, look, look, the area has picked up. Um, like, well, we wouldn't say it's like in a city or, or in a city or anyway, but it's, but it's become a little bit trendy. But I thought I wanted to do this for anyone because, like yourselves or anyone who's who, who's been who was around the seventies and eighties, just to come in here and feel. Mm. Even my staff have got Dino label name tags, wow. and they introduce you themselves by name, yeah, and then sit you to the table. When well, people walk in, they go, "Huh, what?" And they go, "Hi, I'm so and so. Yeah, please come in, sit down. They don't give you a menu." They sit you down. They don't give you a bottle of water like a coffee shop. They go, I'll come back to you when you're ready. And they go, excuse me? So they feel like there's no challenge to get up and be pressured. Well, Tony, I think it's great because for Sydney siders, for years, if they ever wanted to take a trip back to the 70s, they had to cross Tom Ugly's Bridge and go into the Shire. But now they can stop at Mortdale. Tony, you've yeah. got Milk Bar uh, 2223. Uh, yeah. It is on the corner of Balmoral and Bowman Streets in yeah. um, Mortdale. Mate, I wish you all the best. It's great to see a, a little Aussie business having a crack. No, it's all right. And look, thanks to Triple M also just for recognising us. Remember, this is not an endorsement. This is just to tell people to come back and feel a bit of emotion. No, that's not true, mate. You paid money. This is a live read. It's a massive ad. No, Tony. I'm coming down there with a brown paper (laughs) bag, and you're going to fill it with your takings, and that's how this transaction works, Tony. Hang up on him. Hang up on him. He's still talking. Hang up. (laughs) By takings, he means musk sticks. Merrick, you can have as many musk sticks as you want, mate. And cash. Give me some cash, Tony. I'm not lying. Mate, do you not understand the concept of cash for comedy? Hang up on him. Great to be joined by Shane Jacobson this afternoon. Uh, Shane, welcome to the show. It's great to have you back in here, mate. You've got a brand new book, Revhead, My Life is a Motoring Tragic. Yes. How's it taken you this long to write a book about being a car bogan? Well, <laughs> I did a bio <clears throat> a few years ago, and in talking to the to publisher, they were like, we should do another book. And... We were having a chat about, you know, what should it be about? And I did say, well, it's probably going to be about cars because mm. I've kind of told my story and, you know, it's okay. We got away with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. did I die at the end? I don't know. No, Read don't my know. book, find well, out. It's like Game of Thrones. Spoiler alert, Shane. Don't let me know. <laughs> but it was kind of if I'm not acting or I'm not with my kids and, and you know, well, let's change the order. If I'm not with my kids or acting. Um, just in case they're listening. <laughs> yep. um, what are their names? I wrote it here somewhere. Anyway, we'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I love it. and it's, But it's not just about, you know, I have raced at Bathurst and I do love cars and motorsport and everything else. Mm. 
But the stuff that I, I, I used to do a bit of writing, um, and we've both done a bit of writing for sort of car mags and stuff mm. and papers, where, you know, it's kind of like, my favourite car still is my E.H. Holden, which is on the yep. front of the book. And yep. everyone says, if you could have any car on the planet, which one would it be? And it's like, well, I don't need it. It's parked in my garage. It's the E.H. Holden. But the thing is, like, I love, you know, hardwood, panel vans. I've had this chat ad nauseum with people that when we were kids, as much as people, you know, the shag and wagon and all that, the truth was when we were kids, you'd pull up to the beach with all your mates. There'd be one or two, or in our case, about three or four panel vans. It was the venue. Out comes the esky. Now it's the bar. Someone starts the music. It's the nightclub. Everyone has a great night. And then at the end of the night... It's a hotel. It's a hotel. Mm. Um, A very seedy hotel. Really bad hotel. Putrid, dude. Don't run the black light in that hotel. The only good... CSI (laughs) all over the shop. The only good thing about it was at eight in the morning, you didn't hear... Room service. <laughs> so you just you were left alone, but the sun was pelting through the front yeah. windscreen. So you didn't put a tail over the window, you idiot. Um, but it was it was just I mean, and so it was everything. And for us, you know, we'd all back them up, up to campfires or head to a river, a lake, or a beach. Um, and you know, so whenever I think about cars, it's not always you know. Yes, I am a rev head. You and me love our cars, and mm. I love the sound of a V eight and all that stuff. Yes, I'm a petrol head, but it's more than that. You know, the cars for all the time on Top Gear, and you know. Mm. Ferraris and Lamborghinis. The truth is, when I get behind the wheel of my Kingswood or the EH, is when I feel at, at best. And they're shocking cars to drive. Let's be honest. <laughs> they're, Mate, they're like boats. They're shit. They are like boats. It's they're like shit. boats. You drive an old car and you get all nostalgic, and then you get in an old car and you just go, oh, God, I'm not going to move the steering wheel myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, look, I, there was a stage. I, my first car was a uh, Valiant VG Coupe right, oh. with a, uh, a 245 Hemi in it. And it was a good thing, right? It was cheap. It was what I could afford. I, I didn't have a lot of money when I was a young bloke. So it was affordable. It was brown with a vinyl roof. So it just oh. said, hey, ladies. <laughs> hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. Yeah. Check out the yeah. guy in the next car. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, ladies, a Honda Civic never looked so good next to this. But the thing was, it had no power steering and anything no. like that. It was solid. But I'm not joking. I used to have, like, cannons from steering it. Like, it was it was so hard to maneuver around because it was a boat that, like, it was it actually worked out your arms every day. I kept me fit. I didn't have to go to the gym. I just got cannons just from steering my car around. But it's even now, no one has personality. Cars don't have the personalities and people don't have relationships with cars anymore because no. they work. And, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing. Like, we, you know, I've talked about it ad nauseum since I've been writing this book, talking to mates and friends and families and, you know, mates, mum, so you're writing a book and what's it about? You know, yep. the fact that you used to have to hold your tongue, right? Oh, I had a... And they're off. As soon as yep. I go, yep. had to have, you know, what was your system for starting your Tirana? You know, and yep. somebody go, my system, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm not into cars. And I go, well, you tell me, how did you, you know, when, when you got in your car on a cold morning, oh, sorry, yep. yes, three pumps to the pedal. Three pumps, I was going to say, three I, pumps to the pedal and make sure the stereo is off so they don't drain the battery. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> and my case is three pumps. Yeah. Turn the key for five seconds, let it go. It won't have started by then, but everyone, yeah. you know, everyone's going, oh, isn't it going to start? Wait. That's also my lovemaking <laughs> routine as well, just as an aside. <laughs> That's exactly. Three pumps of the pedal. And turn the radio off. <laughs> You're kidding. I keep the music going so it sounds real slow. Just Jay like Jacobson. we're going now. Jay Jacobson's with me this afternoon talking about motoring and not much else. Joined this afternoon by a motoring, motoring enthusiast, uh, movie maker, comedian, entertainer, performer, uh, theatrical uh, god, uh, Shane Jacobson. <laughs> All of those things, mate. Um, I've, I've been, Hell of a list. I'm reading, I'll leave now. Yeah. I'm reading your new book, Revhead, My Life as a Motoring Tragic, and I'm only about halfway through it, so you'll have to excuse me. I haven't had time to finish it, but I'm cracking along in it. It is a great read because uh, it's it's obviously it appeals to me being about motoring, but there's different elements of motoring and, and being a car enthusiast. You know, you can just 
you can fall in love with this, the speed of the things or the look of the things. There's different ways to do it. But just off here, we're having a discussion about uh, the relationships that you have with mechanics that people don't have anymore because now you take your car to a modern car, you take it to the dealership, usually not even a mechanic, an independent mechanic anymore, sadly. They plug it into the dyno and they, that's it. See and, you later. And the thing is you always now have to leave your car with them for a day. Remember the old days, you know, we had a guy called Stan that looked after mum's cars and mum would pull in and go, Stan, we're just having a bit of a problem. Let me have a look at it. Like it happened there. Yep. Or if they go, you know what, why don't you go and get the kids a milkshake? Come back, I'll let you know. We always knew if, as we're walking back towards Stan, if he had half of one eye shut and he was ready to talk out the corner of his mouth, it was over 200. Mm, mm, <laughs> and and if his head was rocking ooh, as you're walking towards him, you're going, oh, it's, ooh, over, it's over 500, oh, mum. Oh, it's not good. And if he couldn't look at us, it was a new motor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or something something entirely had to be replaced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's kind of a bit sad. When I was a young bloke, I used to do a bit of work. Uh, as I say, into my old valley, and I used to change the thermostat out myself each uh, with each season, because if you didn't, it would either overheat or it wouldn't go in winter. I can't believe you, ch- you went to the trouble of changing the thermostat. Yeah, because it used to, it used to run that properly and it would run really, really well. And, and so, what, I, so, so to match the weather conditions, you change yeah. the thermostat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that it would run better in winter and run better in, in summer so it wouldn't overheat and it would run nicely in winter. But then I was so good at looking after my car and then one day the, the, the 245 just blew up. Right, it blew up, just blew one of the cylinders out because it was old. It was just those things happen. Yeah, and I went, hang on a second, I and I had a good relationship with my mechanics, and uh, they specialised in Chryslers, and I went, you know what, I'm 35 kilometres away from my mechanic, this is running now on five cylinders. I'm going for it. I'm going to go down a what freeway at 100 kilometres an hour, smoke just pouring out of the hood. People are waving me like, your car's on fire. And I go, it's a Valiant. It'll make it. And I got there. And the mechanic said to me, he goes, oh, mate, you had another 100Ks in this at least. What are you talking about? It's not even on fire, mate. Relax. But I, different times now. I had a Pajero once. This was a company car that was given to me and it had alloy heads. And I'm not going to go through the minutiae of it, but I just made a bunch of mistakes with... Oh, yeah, I know it's got a bit of a leak, but I'm going to leave the radiator cap off and there's the whole boiling under pressure yeah, versus yeah. not under pressure thing. I made a massive mistake and, and I'm staring at the, the thermostat was going down and I'm going, oh, the car's getting cooler. <laughs> at this point, I had, for those that don't know, that means you've actually pretty much run out of water, which yeah, means gone. there's nothing to register on the thermostat mm. and you've, you've now you've killed cooked the car. your motor. Destroyed it. Mm. Um, so much so we pulled into a serve, just got to a servo on a freeway, pulled it in. And uh, and it just it stopped before I came to a stop. It was, yeah. it was like, you know that uncle that used to sound like that yeah. when he woke up. Yeah, my car sounded like one of my uncles at um, seven thirty in the morning. It just went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I rolled in and stopped at the servo. And I had a mate with me, and he said, "You reckon? What do you reckon you've done to it?" And I said, "Mate, I've I've destroyed it. It's gone." He said, "Oh, I don't reckon." That. I said, "Mate, I have just killed this car. It's dead. That it's going to cost like this four, five grand. No matter what, yeah, no matter motor. where we are, it's a new motor." Um, and he said, oh, come on. I said, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I reckon, give me five minutes, if I try and turn this thing over, we'll see water coming out of the exhaust, whatever's left in it. Mm. And he went, really? I said, you wait. We did, we waited. It didn't start, but I went, rrr, rrr, rrr. sure enough, he said, there's water coming out of the exhaust. I said, <laughs> yeah. We had a 20 buck bet on it. I destroyed the motor, won 20 bucks. <laughs> Felt like a win. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a time I won five thousand dollars by winning twenty. What? How does that? That doesn't quite work. But now that you just you just don't see that. Like I mean, I've just recently I just showed you some pictures. I just recently built a, an old uh, a 1979 Honda motorcycle. I know that you're a mm. motorcycle enthusiast as well. 
And there's, you know, there's our generation of, of blokes who are going back to get these old things, you know, old cars or old motorbikes, because they're the only things that we can understand now, you know. You open up the, a modern vehicle, when we're saying software, you open up the bonnet of a, a modern vehicle, and there's a big plate covering the top there's of the manifold. There's a big table over the motor. Yeah, which <laughs> is a chastity belt for your engine that says, do not touch. This is virginal. Get your hands off it, Watsy. Don't touch. And there's like one ring, which will be yellow, that says, this is the oil stick. Yeah. There's another one and for the water. And it's in German. And you go, but it's not yeah. even a German car. Das Warten, or however you would say it in German. <laughs> das Eulen. Verboten, verboten. And then, but you can't touch anything else. Yeah. That's why I feel a bit, I'm not great at doing up engines. I know all the components. I can point them all out. But I must admit, I do stand in front of my kids and it's only when I'm in front of the EH or the Kingswood that I open the bonnet. Yeah, yeah. And somehow my voice changes. I become <laughs> Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, you see what you're looking at there. Because yeah. you, as you know, you're done in like a minute. Okay, that's the radiator. Yeah, that's it. Uh, there's a carby there. Start a motor. Start a motor there. <laughs> right. And in there is the uppy downy piston things. And uh, son, that there is the battery. That's what you're looking at. And as you can see, the cables go from the battery to the lights. And there's another two that head into the start, stop key thing. Yep. That's about it. And that's it. And how smart do you look? I, yeah. I pick up... Oh, so I, I actually... Here's a confession. I actually don't get cars serviced. So modern cars, I let them drag out a long while. And we have a Kia Carnival. I've got four kids, two dogs, four sheep, four chickens. I've got a lot of stuff and mm. bags. Mm. So it's a carnival. Yeah, it is. It's a, <laughs> have a look at this clown, they say. It's a circus. And I just don't get them serviced until something kind of goes wrong. I took the Kia Carnival in because it was starting to run, run a bit... Bit sheepishly, yeah. and uh, he sent me a photo of the had to pull the engine apart, and the oil had turned to Vegemite. And he <laughs> said, he said to me, "Hello, Savvy, if you're listening, mate, when was the last time you had this car serviced?" I said, "You ever seen the car before, Sav? You're my mechanic." <laughs> he said, "No." I said, "Never." <laughs> this is it. I said, "You're the mechanic, Sav." This is it. <laughs> you just your your idea is just let's just drive it into the ground and kill it. This this, this everyone the phone, don't ask people to call in because they'll it'll light up like a Christmas tree. But my theory is, and everyone can tell me I'm wrong. I just stick with it because I like it. That you don't go. Hey, I think it's probably time we went around the house and changed all the light bulbs in case one blows. Yeah, yeah. When it goes bang. Yeah. Put a new light bulb. Yeah, but light bulbs cost about a dollar. <laughs> don't don't discuss this light with bulbs, me because I bulb, know I'm wrong. Light bulbs cost about a dollar. <laughs> Engines, have used, as you've pointed out, the ones that you've blown up cost about five grand. There's a million people at home going, he's an idiot. Yeah. And, and they're right. Saved <laughs> me a Let's not forget the $20 he won in that bet. Exactly. See, I'm See? good with finances too. It cost me a... five grand, but I won 20. I'm a genius. If you'd like to go to Star Casino with Shane and win some money this evening. <laughs> Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies, from economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Now back to Triple M's American Australia podcast.
special co-host, Shane Jacobson, just before we get back to talking about your book, Revhead, which is available through ABC Books Online. As I said, I'm halfway through it. It is a great read, and I'll, uh, I'll knock it off in... Uh, Quick shape. The uh, car dies in the end, Merrick. The they all die in the end. The did <laughs> Spoken by a true non-car enthusiast. Yeah. And you know, they don't die, you kill them. Yeah. Um, it's called My Life as a Motoring Tragic. But before I do, I've got to ask you, because it'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, what are you making at the moment film-wise, television-wise? What do you got on? Because I know you've got dozens of projects all the time. Yeah, a bit going, mate. So I've got... Uh... Four films to come out, so I've just just Jeez. finished three back to back. So, I'm... oh, okay, thanks, Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say little, but if my okay. attitude gets closer, that someone. I don't even have a commercial coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look forward to my next IGA ad. Um, but <laughs> so, <laughs> I've got uh, a film called The Barbecue, an Australian film, another film uh, which I did with Kelsey Grammer and Callum uh, Lutz, who's kind of like the Hollywood heartthrob. Uh, called uh, well, that's Guardians of the Tomb is the new name, but that, that's yet to come out. And finished another thing called That's Not My Dog, which is a comedy, uh, kind of a joke telling film, if you will. Is that the follow up to Oddball, where the <laughs> dog comes back and you just go, "Not my dog! <laughs> we finished the movie. Now go away." Not quite, but that's another thought. So yep. that's now in development as of this moment. Yep. <laughs> and uh, and I've just finished a film with my brother uh, called Sibling Rivalry, which mm. is I have seen. I saw some stuff online about that. Was that was a good fun f- filming and making a film with your brother again? It, it's great, but it's um we've got to warn people that it's uh, yes it, it's a, it's a dark it's a black comedy. They're dark, but it's very very dark, and it's more dark than it is comedy. And uh, already one paper reported that we've gone out and the Jacobson brothers have done another comedy. And I'm like, oh, you better mention the dark. It's very much like Fargo. Um, but, oh, if yeah. pe- but if people are going into a cinema going, let's go see the shit guy. He's <laughs> yeah. another comedy. Let's go see the toilet guy. Go, Danny man. Why am I crying? <laughs> It'll, it's going to shock their little system because it's a very different beast. But yeah, that, that'll come out next year. But looking forward to that one. Mate, the, the book that you've got out at the moment, uh, Revhead, one of the, the one of the chapters in it uh, that happens to be the one I'm up to is Cars I Have Crashed. <laughs> and it, and I think that's and great that you've got an entire chapter. Yes. <laughs> Dedicated to cars you crashed. There's a Mitsubishi Magnet. Did you crash that? Uh, no, I wrote that off. That's actually, that's doing somebody's that service. Was out of, that was out of the film, Kenny, but I yep. I wrote that off without driving it. So uh, very quickly, my brother, it had a door that was that had been driven into, a window that was smashed, that, that was filled in with gaffer tape and plastic bags. Um, there was rubbish. It was my brother's car. We used it in the film. We were about to go overseas and go on tour for two months. And he had a Honda Civic, a, a Honda Prelude that was giving him a lot of trouble. It was an old one. Mm. And he said to me, oh, Vic's going to have to use the Magna, but it's, there's a window broken. The door can't open. There was all these things. And I said, you know what? Just give it to me. Let me fingers do the walk. And I'll, I'll go and find a wrecker's. Because he's like, it's too much for the window. And they want this. And the car's not worth all those bits. I said, I will find a wrecker with a car, same color. Mm-hmm. And I'll just swap the door over. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, don't worry about it. Just leave it with me. I went away. And came back at the end of the day, and for less than $500, they didn't have to replace the window. Whole door, replace the trims, inside lining. Yep. I got the car detailed from a mate who did me a favour. Yeah. Right? And got the car vacuumed inside of that. Full detail, say no more. And the car looked like a whole new car, right? Yeah. And got a mate to look through the engine. We changed it all, all in a day. Came back, and it was, I, I, was, I was a hero. They couldn't believe it. And they came out and said, oh, my God, you swapped the car. And in the process of getting it detailed, the whole inside got steam cleaned, Right? And so the next day, we said, well, there you go. There's your reliable car going. We took off for two months at the end of a year, right? So November, December, we're gone. The entire time we're gone, unbeknownst to me, Vic decided, I'll just keep driving the Honda until it gives me trouble. It gave her no trouble. 
when we came back and walked down the drive side driveway, I looked in the window. She'd not. I hadn't. I didn't have to say leave the window. Windows down. down. Because it, there'd be a bit of moisture in there. The whole thing, the entire was interior. Was mushroom a, fan? Yep. Was mushroom a, was farm. Was a forest. Mm, was, mushroom was farm. completely written off. Covered in mold. <laughs> and that, that's right. Covered in mold. I went from hero to zero. I destroyed their Covered car without driving it. That is so good. That's great. I actually want to open up the phones. One triple three five three. Have you destroyed a car without driving it? If you've, you know, like you maybe you've backed into another car uh, and you've damaged that car. In or or maybe way, you've done what I've done, which is fallen asleep at a set of lights you're in an auto, your foot's come off the brake pedal while you're asleep, oh and the no. car lurches forward and smashes in the back of a wedding car. Oh! <laughs> a wedding car? So it's during the day. Yeah. How snoozy are you? Oh, I've worked 24 hours in the world of rock and roll that I used to work in, and yeah. then had to go and host an event, and it was a theatre thing that was starting at midday. And you right. just you nodded off at the lights. One set of lights to go until I got to the theatre, and yeah, fell asleep, and woke up. And was yeah staring at my car into the back end of a wedding car. <laughs> One triple three five three. When have you crashed a car that you haven't actually been driving? You know, it's not that's not the car that you've damaged. Not this is what I'm talking about car accidents here. We're talking about damaging cars that you haven't actually been driving. About a year or so ago, Shane, I was uh, I was in WA in a, right out in the middle of the sticks down south with my family. We're doing our, our road trip as we do. And uh, anyway, we stopped at the car park, and this woman gets out of the car. She's going to go and, uh, into the shops. And I've just seen her car rolling through the car park, and I've gone, why is she not? And she'd, she'd left the handbrake off, and I've run down, because my wife looked at me like, what are you going to do about it? And I went, oh, yeah, because it's my job to stop cars. <laughs> it's just, because I like them, I'm now responsible for them. I'm going to save that car. Yeah, so not I've a run, child. I've run down, I've gone, you know what, this won't be too hard. It's not getting too much momentum here. I'll just pull on the handle, I'll jump and put my foot on the foot brake, and we'll stop, we'll grab the handbrake, and be fine. And I rolled down. She'd locked the door, of course, because she didn't want anybody saving a car. So I'm so smart, I jumped in front of the car. You didn't. And, yeah, and tried to push it back. How'd that go? It went into a gutter and then over into a nature strip, and it was damaged. Of course, I saw... But the good thing is I did a runner before she got out of the shops. I'm I was sitting in a cafe on a corner in Paris on a really steep hill, and an ambulance pulled up in a hurry, and the two guys jumped out. Someone was obviously needed them now. Life on the line stuff. They leapt out of it and ran, and the thing immediately started coming back down the hill and smashed through the front window of the cafe I was sitting in. It all happened. Knocked over a fire hydrant. There was a guy. I'm not kidding. This is the problem is I, I didn't move because I couldn't. It was instantly funny. It looked like a Jerry Lewis film. Yeah, yeah. There was a guy. It just missed him. So it knocked over a fire hydrant, missed a guy on a ladder that was painting an awning. Oh, my God. It's like a film. It is a film. It's like a film. <laughs> and, and then nearly hit me. With Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> But it felt like two, a joke, so I didn't Two blokes were carrying a pane of glass as they yeah, walked past yeah. and it went through that. Yeah, it's, so, they were well, miming because they were in France. That was never real. Guy came out with a plank, 20-foot-long turn, hit me on the back of the head. <laughs> One, triple, three, five, three. The calls are already coming through. Talking about car accidents you had where you weren't actually driving the vehicle. Joined this afternoon by a star of The Bourne Legacy, uh, Shane Jacobson, um, who's also appeared in some other films, including Kenny um, and Beaconsfield. Dressmaker, oddball. Okay, there's a few there. Anyway, he's got, he's got four great, films coming out. He's got four films coming out. Mm. Whatever, it's not a big deal. Well, it is actually. It's a massive deal. He also has a book out at the moment, which I'm reading, and I suggest you get yourself a copy through ABC Books Online. It's called Revhead: My Life as a Motoring Tragic. If you like cars, which people do, I'm talking to you on one triple three five three, asking, have you had an accident in a car when you weren't actually driving? Maybe you're not even behind the wheel. I mean. Old mate's just fallen asleep at the lights and driven into a wedding car. I so did, I, did, I did it twice, by the way. 
What, you didn't think he did enough damage the first time? No, not the same. Excuse me a second. Just let me go back to sleep so I can do it again. <laughs> I did. I had done it a year before that. <laughs> you got to get a more uncomfortable car. Your cars are too comfortable. Bit of nails. Your, your book should be called Revhead, Not Very Good at Car Stuff. <laughs> Paddy and Lidcombe, hello. Hey, how you going, Merrick? Very good, mate. All right, you've had an accident in the car whilst not actually driving? Yes, many, many, many years ago when I was 18. Uh, this is really just a story about me being an obnoxious twat more than anything. That's fine. Um, Love it. That'll um, fit. I was at, yeah, very good. I was uh, a mate of mine at a pub uh, after work on a Friday night. Mate said, yeah, I can give you a lift up you know, towards where you live. said, great, we're wandering up. I'm smashed. And I see the crappiest 1962 Corolla parked in this side street. And it looked dumped to me. It looked like a wreck that somebody left alone. So I just, without saying anything, just leapt up onto the bonnet, then up onto the roof and was standing there. And uh, as I stood on the roof, I just this massive dent went in the roof. And my mate said, what are you doing? That's my car. And I, <laughs> I thought he was joking. So I jumped up and down a bit more and made the dent a bit more permanent. And he said, no, seriously, what are you doing? That's my car. <laughs> and I went, oh, right, really? And um, that's it. And uh, anyway, so I promised to give him a case of beer. Um, oh, well, that's Fair call, Paddy. If he um, can't forgive you for that, I'd drop him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you've, just, you've just done his, the bonnet of his car. I mean, that's a case of beer in anybody's book. Uh, let's get to Chris on the Central Coast. Hello, Chris. Hello, boys. How are you? Very good indeed. All right, mate. The damage you've done to a car without actually driving it. All right. So it's actually not my story. It's my old man, and uh, it, it's awesome. Uh, he was uh, picking up innocently picking up a push bike of all things, right? So he's got his got his Land Cruiser, uh, he's got a trailer on the back of the cruiser, and he's just gone to pick up a push bike for my mum, um, throwing it on the trailer. So to give you a bit of an idea, it's like a it's parked on a hill, nose down on a hill. Yep. And he's a, yeah, he's a smart, he's the dumbest smart guy I know. Cause he's, a, he's an engineer, he's all clued up, he's got it all, all happening. But he's parked this 80 series cruiser, which we know don't have very good handbrakes for starters. Um, facing downhill with the trailer on in neutral just with the park brake on. Oh, yeah. um, so as he's jumped up on the trailer with the bike, the car's taken off. So he's on the trailer with a push bike in his hand, mm-hmm. riding this 80 series as it takes off down the hill. Um, this is the scene the I wanted in BMX bandits, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> this is, this is, this is highway. car surfing. This is car surfing <laughs> on a bike. <laughs> That's right. It's a parked car drives that car into another car, which drives that car into another car and rode all three of them off. Oh. <laughs> and all he had to do was just point it nose up the hill, put it into first gear, handbrake yeah, on, right. get out of the fine. car. Mate, the best part is there were, all he had to do is wipe a bit of paint chalk off the off the uh, full bar of the cruiser and everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that could have gone really bad if that story was he was picking up a bike for you and it was a mongoose. The yeah. super goose, yeah. and there was a scratch on the front. Yeah, and the bike was damaged. <laughs> <laughs> then I would have cried. Darren in Borkham Hills. Hello, mate. Hey, mate. How you going? Good. We're talking about damaging cars without actually driving them. Yeah, mate. About 20 years ago, me and a few mates uh, decided we make one of those fancy lemon guns. <laughs> Already, best yeah. story of the day. <laughs> yeah. I like how you've chosen lemons. So they're usually Not an orange it. gun, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Mate, Sunday Arvo, few beers. Let's, let, let's make this thing. We've got it together, and my mate's got a WB uh, panel van. And he's lined it up. I said it shouldn't go that far. He shot it. 
It's hit the side of the van, smashed two windows out and actually dented the side in, causing a couple of grand damage. Jesus. Good gun. Yeah. <laughs> what What was your go-to for the uh, gas inside the gun, just so I know? Hairspray. What was your go-to? Deodorant. Deodorant. I'll go deodorant. to deodorant. Yeah, usually it's hairspray. Yep. Spit a cedar was usually the go for the orange gun. I've not heard of people shooting lemons. Are they better? Seriously, obviously they are more effective than an orange because it's gone through a car. Well, there's that little point at the start which would yeah. make it bullet-like now that I think about it. Well, See, yeah, I think that you might be right there, Shane, because there's a bit of compression behind yeah. the back there. He's made his, that is, but please make your home gu- homemade guns responsibly. Is I think yes. what we're trying to say. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to make a fruit cannon, <laughs> <laughs> Shane Jacobson, an absolute pleasure to see you again, mate. Thanks for spending the afternoon with me. You've got a, a new book out, which, as I said, everybody should get a copy of uh, for Father's Day, which is coming up close enough that I'll just say it's good for Father's Day. <laughs> Feels like a coincidence that's come out about this time, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> it's weird. I got, got a mate of mine. He's got a book coming out at Christmas. What's, What's that about? I don't know. Gosh, anyway, maybe there's stockings. To fill. Who knew? The mate <laughs> is Matt Pres- Preston, and yeah. it's a cookbook. Yeah, and there's seven of them. Uh, <laughs> Shane Jacobson's Revhead, My Life as a Motoring Tragic. You can get it at ABC Books Online, mate. It's always a pleasure. I hope to get see you again soon. You know you will. Thank you. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. If you missed anything during this day, subscribe to the Merrickville podcast on iTunes or with your favourite Android app, 104.9. Triple.